At March 4th Media Company, we believe that everyone has a story to tell and every story deserves to be shared. And at march4thmediacompany.com, it's where independent authors, artists, musicians, and healers come to find their voice, share their work, and grow their community. So visit us at march4thmediacompany.com now. Learn about the services we offer for marketing and promoting your work. Check out our blog, meet other authors and artists that we've worked with, check out the Power to Pivot podcast, find past episodes and resources to help you grow as a creative entrepreneur. This is where you pivot. So join us again over at march4thmediacompany.com now. I cannot wait to see you there. David DeSore is the author of the new book, Harper Lee and Me, available on Amazon, and is here joining me today on the Power to Pivot podcast to talk about some of the fascinating findings that he discovered as he started to look into the life of Harper Lee. As we all know, Harper Lee is the author of the iconic book, To Kill a Mockingbird. And so David is talking with us about some of the fascinating discoveries that and little clues that Harper Lee has left us in her work. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miles, founder of March 4th Media. This is the Power to Pivot podcast. Are you ready? It is time to pivot. Welcome to the Power to Pivot podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miles, founder of March 4th Media Company, and this is the podcast where we share inspiring stories, resources, tips, and fun ideas to help you pivot to new ideas, new goals, and new dreams for your life. I'm so excited and honored to have you join me on the journey, and I hope you enjoy the episode. And when's this going to be shown? Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Power to Pivot podcast. I am so excited and fascinated with today's conversation. I am talking with David Desar. He is the author of the book, Harper Lee and Me. It is available now on Amazon and I am a huge fan of To Kill a Mockingbird. So I'm fascinated. David, how are you? Good. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm okay. doing well. Thank you for asking. Thank you for coming on today, too. I appreciate it. Oh, I wouldn't miss it. I really appreciate the opportunity. How did you come to write this book? So first of all, let I mean, Harper Lee and To Kill a Mockingbird, like it's one of those books that I remember in eighth grade reading with the class, with the teacher, trying to understand you know, what this book was really about. How did you come to to dive into the life of Harper Lee? Well, I got fired from my job and- uh, Okay, that's an interesting start. <laughs> and I go to the, and I suffer from depression and I go to the Bible for some solace and I'm Catholic. And um, in our Catholic Bible, we've got uh, several books that aren't in other Bibles. And in, I just opened up our Catholic Bible into the book of Sirach and in the book of Sirach, it's got a, uh, in Sirach 14, it is, it's, um, it states you have, you have to search for wisdom like a scout. Mm. And, um, and I thought, well, that's where she gets the, that's where she gets the name scout. There's no etymology of the, of the name scout in, in the book. Uh, she's Jean Louise Finch or scout. And they don't tell us why she's scout. And at the time my kids were reading the book, um, and I just uh, figured, you know, that's where she gets the name Scout. 
you search for wisdom like a scout. And uh, I think that's what she's trying, that's, that's where she gets the name scout. And then it was, it, I, re I reread the book. I had read the book for a while and uh, I just kept picking up things that I thought were interesting. And um, I go to the uh, University of Alabama and I ask if they, um, if they would release how, what kind of courses she took. And they said they would not. I said, it's fine. And okay, what? And then they said the rammer jammers were all online and I could look up the rammer jammers. So I started looking at the rammer jammers and I just kept noticing things. And, um, and I want to pause for real quick for those that might not be familiar with what the rammer jammers are. Um, can you explain that a little bit for us? Yeah, back in the day, every every major college had a humor magazine. It was like Mad Magazine. Um, Harvard Lampoon is still out there. Um, you can go online and check out the Harvard Lampoon. And they were just like that. And every campus had one. I went to Wabash College. We had the Wabash Caveman. And, um, you know, they would steal jokes from each other. And they would just put in, it was just a humor magazine. It was University of Alabama had the Rammer Jammer. Um, Dartmouth had the Jackal Lantern, they call their magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, MIT had the MIT Voodoo. And the University of Minnesota had the Sky Yuma. And uh, there's an interesting reason why it was called Sky Yuma at the University of Minnesota. But that's, you know, that's, that's, that was the deal back then. And like I said, uh, Harper Lee was a contributor in volume 21. She wrote a couple funny pieces. And then she was editor in volume 22 uh, back in the uh, mid 40s. And um, she actually wrote a real good couple. One one piece is is not um, real well real well known. Uh, there was one piece she wrote about a parody of uh, voting rights, and that's pretty well known. But there's another one she wrote a parody of um, uh, Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus uh, from the from the New York Sun back in the 1890s. Uh, a girl wrote in and asked the editor of the New York Sun, "Is there a Santa Claus?" And, she, and the guy goes, front page, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And she wrote a parody of that, and it was by Virginia O'Hanlon. And um, so that, that, and that's the connection to the, to the Rammer Jammer, I think. Okay. And, she, and even in, um, and even in Go Set a Watchman, uh, she uh, recycles the name O'Hanlon. So the name O'Hanlon is in Go Set a Watchman. Okay. So you go, you try to uncover the coursework that she took. They're telling, they, they guide you to the rammer jammers. Right. You're going back, you're doing this and this research. What happens next? I, I just started, I, I start making connections and I, mm -hmm. and I make the kind of connections that are, they're, they're difficult to make. I mean, you have to, you have to make leaps of faith mm -hmm. and, you, and you have to you really do the big think I call it. And one was, um, I don't know if you can see this very well. This is a, and this was in a rammer jammer, but it wasn't in a rammer jammer. Her name was on. So she's, um, this, this is a picture of a dog and the dog is drooling and it would eat cats and squirrels and it's got scars across his face mm -hmm. and the dad's eyes are popping out. Now this is a, and they describe Boo Radley as his eyes popping out about six foot six is I, he eats cats and squirrels and his eyes are popping out. He's got scars across his face and he drools all the time. And I don't know if you can see this, but the dog. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. And okay. Can you see the name on there? Boo? Yeah. So to me, wow. she's, 
She's just describing this picture. And she does this throughout the book. And I'm, and at, at first I'm just like, well, I have to be the last person to know this. And, I, and then I do the research. I, re, I read everything I can online. I read every book. Charles Shields has got a good book. Um, there's a couple other good books out there. Um, uh, Wayne Flint has got a good book on, on Harper Lee. I read all these books and I just, but nobody makes this connection. Nobody's looked at this rammer jammer because her name's not on there. Her name's not on the uh, masthead. She's not a contributor. She's not a, um, you know, an editor, but she's using rammer jammers that her name is not on to make these kind of connections. And then I look at this one. This was from the, one of the last rammer jammers. And I think she's using this one too, because it says Boo Radley is six foot six. Mm -hmm. Well, this guy's about six foot six. And in one section of um, To Kill a Mockingbird, they say his face looked like a skull looking at somebody. Yeah. He's, he's, Boo Radley is being a peeping Tom. And, um, and she says uh, he, his face looked like a skull. And obviously this guy's got a skull and he's holding a skull. Yeah. You know? So I think she's just using some of these pictures in the book. And um, since they're not on, and her name's not associated with that particular rammer jammer, nobody's gonna look at it except me because I didn't, I didn't know which one she was worked on. I just started looking at it and I looked at every one that they would, and that, that's, that's another one that leads me into um, another thing about the Bible because there were 31 years of the rammer jammers uh-huh. And there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. And that's just your average everyday garden variety coincidence. Right. But it's not a coincidence that there are 31 chapters in To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. And I think she's alluding to both simply by using these numbers. So did were you always a fan of To Kill a Mockingbird? Oh, you know, I enjoyed it. I I really liked the movie. I've seen the movie a couple of times. I enjoyed the I enjoyed the book back in um, you know high school or junior high. And um, you know, I always pers I always personally thought that uh, you know there may be some truth to the rumor that um, Truman Capote wrote it. And, and there's no way he wrote it. I think, and I say that in my book specifically. Yeah. There's no way he could have written this book. There's no way. What do you think? Um... Why do you think you became so invested in the research? And, and what is it that you want people to know about your book? I want people to know that, that, that my book is, is a leap of faith and you're, I'm making connections. There is no, you know, the Da Vinci, the da Vinci Code is, is about a secret code within Da Vinci or whatever. There, it's a good book, but there's no secret code. There are secrets in To Kill a Mockingbird. And I want to, I want to want people to know them. I'm doing an autopsy of this book. I'm, I'm saying that, and I say this in my book specifically, that the book that she writes is better than the book that you read. It was, it's unbelievable to me, some of the connections she makes. And she actually foreshadows without writing a single word. I was going to ask you, like, do you think that gives more context? Like, if I read Harper Lee and me, and then went back and reread To Kill a Mockingbird, do you feel like it's going to give me a more rich experience in her work and, oh, oh. and give me just completely different context to see her, her writing? 
Oh, oh, absolutely. You will, you'll be shocked by some of the things I say and some of the things you see in the book. You'll be absolutely, because I was shocked. I would just gasp at some of these things when it comes, and I, you know, I went to a liberal arts college, so I read lots of different things. And I, I read the Bible and I have ended up reading Victor Hugo's um, um, Les Miserables because I read that she, her favorite literature was 19th century literature. And then I knew the, I knew the basic story of Les Miserables, but it, you know, just like everything else, the, the book is, is, is a thousand times better than any movie. Um, and um, there are connections within Les Miserables. And um, like I said, Les Miserables, the Bible and Drammer Jam are all three of the main influences. So first, let me pause for a second. Who, or I'm sorry, where can we find your book? And if people have questions or want to converse with you about Harper Lee or To Kill a Mockingbird or the research, where can they find you? They can find me. I'm on Facebook. I mean, they can call me. I don't care. It's, I'm at 317-640-0585. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram. I, you know, they can find the book on Amazon under Harper Lee and me. Um, you know, it's, uh, and I just came out in January. So I'm, I'm just getting started in this and I had to, I had to actually self publish it. I don't mind saying that because I couldn't find an agent. I couldn't find a, um, a regular publisher. Cause it's, there's no genre to this book. I mean, it's an autopsy of another book yeah. and, um, so there's no genre. It's, it's 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 but I think it's for anybody who likes to kill a mockingbird. You know, her letter is just a letter from her sells for thousands of dollars. Yeah. And and the um, play is a sold out in um, New York City. You mm -hmm. know, it's a sellout, and it was voted one of the best books ever on PBS, I believe. So what is know. it do you think about To Kill a Mockingbird that? Again, I go back to Miss Heinz's eighth grade yeah. English class, sitting in my desk. You know, we're reading it, we're discussing it, and here we are. I'm not going to say how many years later, <laughs> but but this book has stuck around, and and now it is on Broadway, and you know, there it it's iconic. Like it's just, it's a classic. What yeah. is it about To Kill a Mockingbird for you? Like, why do you think it's stuck around for so long? It it, it is a classic. It's one of the best books ever. It, it will always be in print. And uh, she's a genius. It's a, she's genius, pure and simple. And she's an artist beyond compare. Like I say in, in my book, I mean, she, she foreshadowed, you know, everybody knows what foreshadowing is. If you read a book, I mean, you know, it, it, you know, you say something that, that may happen, then it does happen, you know, mm -hmm. and she foreshadows without writing a word. And she does this by alluding to different things. Um, and one of them is, Proverbs, because like I said, there's 31 chapters of Proverbs, 31 years of the Rammer Jammer, and 31 chapters, uh, and 31 chapters in Proverbs, Rammer Jammer, Tickle Mockingbird, all go 31. And then the date of the rape was mentioned six times. And I figure, you know, why, why, why mention it six times? It's November 21st. And I kept thinking, why, why mention it six times during that trial? Mm -hmm. And then I, and I, I, so I just did a big leap and I said, well, let me check online and see what November 21st is. And November 21st is the feast day of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Catholic calendar. So to me, it's just a joke to herself. She's juxt juxtaposing alleged rape 
with with uh, you know the Virgin Mary. So I, I think it's just a joke to herself. But it goes mm. it, it it gets better than that. And I say this in my book because Proverbs eleven twenty one states very clearly. Proverbs eleven twenty one states though they join hand in hand, the wicked, meaning uh, Mayella Yule and Bob Yule, shall not be unpunished. But the children of the righteous shall be delivered. She is foreshadowing the action without writing a word, but you have to know where to go to check it out. Yeah. Why such a puzzle? Like, why a hunt, do you think? What is it about either the era or her life, or do you think that led her to leave these clues? Right. Because uh, I think, A, because I think she can, because she's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> That's certainly yeah. part of it. That, that, I think that's the main reason. She can. She's got the time. She was given some money. Um, and, that, and because she can do it is why she does it. And it's just, it's just unbelievable to me. Because, so you think she's of, just playing around with, the, with yeah. the world and her readers a little bit? A little bit, yeah. She's got, she, she, she's got several jokes in there, I think, uh, or riddles, you know. Um, and one of them is... In, in the book, and it's, it's not mentioned in the movie, so it's not as well known. But in the book, the kids are playing to a, a radio show called One Man's Family. Mm-hmm. And, um, in the, in, in, and they delineate the, the exact chapter and the exact book. Because radio, the radio show One Man's Family, every, every episode had a chapter in a book. You know, they'd introduce it as, you know, chapter three, book five, or whatever, you know. And... Um, and it went for and it went on for a long long time. It was even a TV show in the early fifties. But during the during chapter four, they talk about, um, and I believe chapter four is the iconic line of "To Kill a Mockingbird." It's like killing a mockingbird. But in chapter four, they talk about playing a game to this one man's family, and the and they show it as chapter twenty five, book two. And I, and that's my, that's part of, and I think that's part of her theme and part of her reason she didn't talk about it. because Proverbs 25, two says, it is the glory of God to conceal a manner or a thing. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of Kings is to search out a matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what she's doing. That's her, that's her secret theme. She's hiding things and she wants us to find these things out. So, I mean, it, it's almost like, I feel like the connection of like it's our responsibility to seek out the truth for the world and and I guess even on a more personal level just our own personal truths of who we are yeah. and I, I think about the the time frame in in which she wrote To Kill a Mockingbird and when you know just her life in general and was the world ready at that time for some of the messages that she wanted to leave and maybe not I don't know you know but I think about that and go is that why your research was so important now like she needed somebody to find that truth so now we can call attention to it and and what bigger connections can be brought from that I think you're exactly right I mean she's writing this book as a complete unknown she's got you know just enough money to to uh take care of her needs mm-hmm. and then she um you know, and they tell her, they, and she and she writes, "Go set a watchman first. And "Go set a watchman" is from Isaiah twenty-one six. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, she she mentions that specifically, and um, 
but yeah, the, the story is so good. And that, and that's why I think people never made these kind of connections that I'm making mm -hmm. because the story is so good, mm -hmm. you know, and she doesn't, she doesn't know it's going to be this good. She has no idea. She's like every other first time writer, you know, if I can sell a thousand books or 500 books or whatever, you know, she'd probably be thrilled. Yeah. You know? <laughs> what do you think she would say to the world today? Oh, nothing. <laughs> she, you know, I, I think she said it all in the book. I think that, um, and that's, and that's, and she wanted these secrets. She wanted somebody else to reveal these secrets to me. I, and I say this in my book, I think she would have, if she had had middling success, you know, she might've revealed some of these things, but the book is just, too, it, the book becomes fantastic, you know, and um, she just, she just, and the only way not to reveal these things is to not to talk about them. And um, do you think she was I'm, afraid? Oh, um, no, I don't think she was afraid. Like I with just, everything that you looked into and researched, like, can you give us like a, a bird's eye view into who she was as a person? Oh, she was very funny. She had, you know, she was, but she was very private and she didn't, you know, she didn't think she'd have, she didn't know she'd have all this attention. So she was unprepared for it. And um, I think that, but she was extremely funny, very gregarious, but she just, it was just overwhelming for her. And I think she didn't want some of these things to come out. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that, um, you know, she's just, um, she's just that way, you know, and she wanted to write more. And mm -hmm. she became, I think she became very frustrated towards the end of her life when she couldn't write another book. And, um, but she, she, she said it all in one book. It was fantastic. And, um, I, I, you know, it, it's hard to get in, it's hard to get into her mind after the book is written because she says so little yeah. and she, um, doesn't want to be known. And she was given awards. They would give her awards and she'd say, okay, I'll take the award as long as I'm not answering questions and I'm not speaking, you know, fair enough. You know, that's, that's the way she wanted it. And they would give her awards, you know, Presidential Medal of Freedom. I think uh, George Herbert Walker Bush gave her that award. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, you know she got these awards and, and well deserved. Yeah. Um, how was the writing process for you? Like, it what was, was this like for you? It was extremely difficult. It, the writing process for anybody, I think, is, is very hard, unless you're Stephen King or, or, or whatever. But um, you know, it, it's it's hard for everybody I've talked to. I mean, you want to be able to. I've got it in my mind. If you run a riot, you've got to really know, have something to say. And I had something to say, but it's still extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. I originally, I originally went through every chapter and wrote what I thought that chapter meant. And I would get up at four o'clock in the morning and I would write till noon and I would be exhausted by the end of the day. And then I had to, then I had to go to work and I had to find a job and then I, I got a job for a while. And then I, and this is in 2016, 2016. And um, I wrote for, I would write, I did that for three or four months. I would just get up every morning at four o'clock and write till about noon and just fall asleep. And um, then I had to get a job and I had to uh, put it aside for a while. And I had to really boil it down to what was my main message. I had, I had twice, three times as much written about the book as, in, as what I wrote. And it ended up in my book, Harper Lee and Me. And my original title was going to be, um, Proverbs 25 to Harper Lee and me, because I thought that Proverbs 25, it, it is her secret theme, you know, it's the glory of God to conceal things, it's the honor of men to find things out, you know, 
That's that's Proverbs twenty five too. So yeah, it's extremely hard. I you know, I you know, I, I don't know anybody who's who starts off and I, I I but I really enjoyed it and I really had something to say, and I've got some jokes in my book that I really think are just hysterical and I hope other people do too. So. What comes next for you? Are you going to keep writing or? Oh, I'm just, um, you know, uh, the answer to your question is probably not. I just, I had this book. Um, I've got some, I've got so many ideas and that's my problem. You know, it's, it's hard to go p get past an idea, mm -hmm. you know, for me, unless I've got a lot of material, just like, just like this book. I mean, I've, I've, I had so much material. I had, you know, I had all of To Kill a Mockingbird and I made the connection to, um, uh, Victor Hugo's Les Miserables in the Bible, and I, I read I read all of Les Miserables. I, I recommend reading that to anybody. Uh, it's a fantastic book. Mm -hmm. And that um, and the connections Les Miserables are are pretty good too. They um, in 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 uh, December in um, Christmas Day of 1956, she's given enough money by some friends to take a year off to write, and that's how she writes. Go set a watchman, and that's rewritten into To Kill a Mockingbird. Well, in Les um the um, that Jean Valjean buys Cosette from those evil Thenadiers on Christmas Day for mm -hmm. like for like fifteen hundred francs. So she sees that connection. You know, she's got a connection of a of a savior on Christmas Day. You know, with money helping helping them out. So I think she's she sees that connection. Um. Tell me, you know, again, you can find the book on Amazon. You can, I, I encourage people to reach out to you, you know, yeah. and maybe there, there's more conversation to be had here. I know there are other books written like the, the biography of Atticus Finch and then they're not written by Harper Lee. Um, you know, there's, uh, I am scout the, the, that was the, bi that was her biography. Um, right. How does this fit in with those books? Have you read them? Um, I, I have read them. Mine is completely different. I mean, mm -hmm. my, I go in, I go in depth into the words themselves. Why is she writing certain words? Why are people named certain things? Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of um, at the end of uh, Les Misérables, Hugo goes the the convict becomes Christ. So he's rewriting the Bible too in some in some ways. Like and in the Bible, uh, Jesus lives in Capernaum during his ministry. He only goes to Jerusalem one time. Mm -hmm. But the name of the um, maid in To Kill a Mockingbird is Calpurnia. Mm -hmm. So I think she's, just, she's making that connection. You know, um, it, it's, it's things along those lines, those connections that I think she wants to make that I, that I explore. Yeah. You know? You know, I don't explore where she went on vacation. I mean, if you read Charles Shields, where she goes on vacation, you know, what she does in New York City, I, I, I just don't, I didn't have any, I, I just don't have any interest in that. You know, I think it's diving into her words is what I really liked. Yeah. Take me back. I, so as I'm listening to everything that you're saying, and this really is a process of like allowing yourself to go deep into this research and make these connections when did you know that like this 
has to come out that you know because there's I feel like almost a, a pivot point for you as a person to go from I like to kill a mockingbird and hey this is kind of interesting to like whoa there's something to this and I have to share this out there like what's that like for you it was just amazing I would literally gasp at some of the words I thought that she was alluding to and then I would I would just gasp at some words you know and I think why is she saying that what is going what is really going on Mm-hmm. because I felt like there's there's got to be more to, to it. I mean, she references so many things in To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, there are just hundreds of references to other books and different things. And to me, it was just like, why does she mention the Rosetta Stone? I mean, the Rosetta Stone is mentioned twice in three pages. And it says something like, um, you know, oh, in the Rosetta Stone, it says if kids misbehave, it starts to snow or something like that, or bad weather. I'm just like, well, that's not true. I mean, that's simply not true. The Rosetta Stone says nothing like that. I mean, wh- why why say that? I'm just like, there's got to be a reason. And I think it's because, well, the Rosetta Stone was the, um, you know, how we were able to, um, you know, decipher the hieroglyphics. And that's what I'm trying to do, decipher these things, mm-hmm. of what's, what's going on in her mind. And, um, and I think I succeeded pretty well. But um, like I said, you know, the Rosetta Stone, I mean, it's, it's simply not true, but it's not a joke. It's not funny, and it's but it's in a work of fiction, so it's not a lie specifically. Yeah. So to me, it's a riddle that you've got to undo. And I, once I thought it was a riddle, I kept thinking, there's, there's got to be more riddles in here. I mean, there's got to be more going on. And I, and I say it at the end of the, I say it, you know, I think she's rewriting the Bible, um, because I I say that um, Scout is in a ham outfit. At the end of the book, at the um, at the um, in the pageant, and that's another thing. The pa- <clears throat> excuse me, the pageant is called at Asper, at Astra Prospera, and that's Latin for to the stars through hardships. Mm. But she she mislates that. She goes to the stars from mud to the stars, and Ludo is mud in Latin, and she has to know this because research is her uh, strong point. Mm-hmm. She um she did so much research for um, Truman Capote and that to kill uh, uh, to uh, in cold blood that she, and she didn't get the credit she deserved you know but um, her research is her strong point and at Asper Prospera at Astra Prospera is Latin for you know to the stars through hardships and but she mistranslates it and I have a reason for that in my book too mm. and I feel like Scout in the um, outfit is Christ on the cross and at the end of the book um, Jim is drugged into um, unconsciousness they're giving him a drug to put him out so he's the entombed Christ and then um, uh, Boo Radley's the risen Christ and um, I and I have a reason for that too so I feel like you know that's 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 what she's doing she's re- rewriting the Bible much like Hugo is in um, in Les Miserables hmm fascinating i'm so excited i i have not yet had a chance to read your book but i'm interested and cannot wait to get my copy i i hope more people you know join in and this can really become an interesting conversation and and an exciting one too like just to go in with such an open mind to uncover these clues that she's leaving 
and and to come back and discuss kind of where where was she really going and and what was her real intention behind leaving them i'm fascinated i'm so excited for you and congratulations on the book well thanks so much thank you so much um anything that you want to leave with listeners before we wrap up today no i think we've said it all i just you know i really enjoyed the process it was it's very difficult i had to um like i said i had to cut down my book by about a half or you know two thirds just to get what's in there i've gotten more um my uh publisher um <laughs> I, I wrote something at the end of the book he thought i might get a libel suit for and i thought oh shit you know this one oh sorry i shouldn't say that you're but, fine um, <laughs> but, um, but my publisher think oh you might get you might get a libel suit for what you say here at the end i thought oh god just what i need but um you know there's so much in there and um you know i, I really enjoyed it and I, I i would love to discuss this with somebody who disagrees with me you know like I said, um, the only reason she's able to write this book is because she um, is because she uh, gets enough money on Christmas Day of '56 to take a year off to write, and she writes. Like I said, she writes "Ghost Set a Watchman," and mm-hmm. then but Christmas Day is so important to her, just like it's so important to Cosette in *Les Misérables*. And um, in the book, I write that she 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 puts a parody of the Twelve Days of Christmas in there. And the easiest, it's surreptitious. She surreptitiously and secretly puts in the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the easiest one to know is 10 Lords of Leaping is one kid says to another kid, oh, are you high and mighty? Did you grow 10 inches overnight? Well, to me, that was very simply 10 Lords of Leaping, you know, and it's along those lines. And she has a parody of each of each uh, 12 days of Christmas in, in, in To Kill a Mockingbird. And I expose them you know i so i just you know that's 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 where i am in this book i really enjoyed writing it i hope other people like it and um you know read i hope more people read to kill mockingbird then pick up my book because you know there is so much going on that um people don't just don't pick up because the the book is so good you know you just don't most people aren't going to pick up on what i picked up on yeah Again, it's called Harper Lee and Me. It's available on Amazon. Is it available anywhere else? Can you get it on audio? Yeah, yeah. I think it's on audio. It's on Barnes and Noble too. I know that. Um, and um, you know, if you order it from your bookstore, they'll pick it up. They'll 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 get it from you from your bookstore. Sounds good. David Desar, thank you so much for joining us today on the Power to Pivot podcast. I'm, I'm excited. At, and you never know, that content, you have more. It, there's always the possibility oh. you could turn it into another book. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that you're so open to this work. Mm-hmm. And um, congratulations again. Okay. Really, thank you, Elizabeth. I really, really appreciate this time. Of course. Thank you so much, David. Uh, again, guys, Harper Lee and Me, it's available on Amazon. Uh, and Barnes and Noble, don't forget to check it out. We're going to wrap up like we do every episode. Remember, you are never stuck, you are never lost, and you're never alone. At any given moment, you can use your power to pivot, make a new choice, and start again. And I'll talk to you all on the next episode. Take care, guys. Hey, 
Hey guys, it's Liz here from March 4th Media Company. One of the biggest lessons I have ever learned is it is difficult to get what you truly want when you're defining life and your standards by everyone else's definitions. That got me nowhere. I spent so much time, effort, and energy looking around me for answers that I forgot that I had everything I needed right inside of me. What I did lack was a guide to find my way to those answers. And that is exactly what I'm offering you in my new workbook, Connect You, A Guide to Your Authentic Life. This is a workbook that I have written to provide you with a roadmap to connect you with the innermost pieces that make you unique, authentic, and amazing, helping you to tap into the power and possibility within you. It's filled with lessons, activities, content, meditations that are going to guide you to help you learn how to honor your own definitions of success, set boundaries and goals that feel really good to you, and understand your intuition and how to trust it. Take the trip. Connect You, a guide to your authentic life is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, or reach out to me online on Instagram, Facebook, or over at marchforthmediacompany.com to grab your your copy.